Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello, hello. Today's episode of All Facts, No Cap. We got Joy Taylor. No other introduction needed. Joy, it is a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go ahead and hop into it right now. And I know you've talked on other shows about your path from where you started off doing radio in Miami to now where you are ascending the great heights. And you talked even about how Jamel Hill has been one of the people that's inspired you. And in this culture, within this, this society, it's all about instant gratification. Everybody wants to start off at the top, at that top network right out of college or what have you. And how would you feel starting from the bottom, paying your dues, getting it out the mud per se? How do you feel that shaped you in any way? Well, I think it shapes me in a lot of ways because starting at the, I wouldn't say the bottom of the business, but, you know, starting as an intern in the business all the way up till to where I am now, I've gotten the opportunity to learn, you know, different jobs in the business and what goes into them, being a producer, being an executive producer, editing, shooting, writing, doing radio, producing in radio, um, doing podcasts. So I, I've done a lot of different jobs in the business and that gives me a broader perspective on, you know, not just the business in general, but what goes into what it is you're doing. You know, I know what a producer's job is. So I know what and how to, you know, work with them to get the best information for the show and what goes into how much time it takes to get something done. You know, I don't just like throw something at a producer, like, Hey, get me the stack. You got 30 seconds. <laughs> you know, I know there's like mm-hmm. a process to getting things because I've had that experience myself. So I think it also makes you appreciate, you know, everything that you do when, you know, I've been in the business since 2007. So, you know, I have a lot of love for this business, which is a very crazy business to be in, but very rewarding. (laughs) And, (laughs) um, and it's always changing too, you know, for, for better or worse, you, you, you really never know what's coming around the corner because we're so tied to entertainment and technology and it's just kind of always shifting. So, I've, I've felt that, you know, every step of my journey has been important. And even though at the time I didn't know how important it was now looking back on it, all those experiences really helped me become a better talent. Speaking of 
a part of the NBA that I know that you are acutely aware of and obviously a big fan of. I'm not even going to ask the question, would Damian Lillard be the missing piece to the Miami Heat? Because I already know how you feel about that. But obviously, you, we see everything with what the Blazers GM is coming out saying, how it could possibly take some months. They still want to make sure that they do what's best for the team. And my question to you would be, should there be loyalty in sports all the way around from organization to the player? I think there should be a level of commitments. I don't know if loyalty is the right word. Loyalty is a very serious word. Yeah. And it gets thrown around a lot and it's very loaded and it stirs emotions, right? Because nobody wants to be called disloyal. Like that is a shot. It's like being called a coward. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, ah, it's kind of hard to come back from disloyal. Like that's not a loyal <laughs> person. Like, that's, that's tough. But the reality is professional sports is a business and Mm -hmm. there is no loyalty in business because business is about money and business is about legacy. And sometimes someone's path might take them directly towards the legacy and the money that they want, but it might not take you towards the legacy and the money that you want. So there's this constant conflict of how loyal am I to an organization? How loyal does an organization you know, how well should they be to a player or to a coach or to a legacy? You have situations like Bill Belichick or Greg Popovich, Damian Lillard, uh, LeBron James. Like there's so many, Kevin Durant, there's so many Mm -hmm. examples of these really big conversations that we have around loyalty. I think that commitment is a better word to use because while you are committed to something, there is generally an idea for the most part that eventually that will come to an end for one way, one reason or another, you break up, you go separate ways because you've gotten different positions. You, you know, pass away. Like there's, there's a certain level of commitment that you have to something that may have, and usually does have an end because everything in life does, but loyalty is something that is kind of more everlasting. You know, it's more of a, it's more of a feeling. It's more of a character trait. So it's kind of, it's difficult to apply to business because you shouldn't really be that emotional about business. Not if your goals are really to reach the highest level of success. It's very difficult to do those two things hand in hand. So I I really struggle with saying the word loyalty with professional sports on any side. The only, the only people that should be loyal are fans. And even when it comes to fans, I'm like, I don't believe in like, I'm, I, if you... <laughs> You know, you spend your hard-earned money to go watch a team and year after year, they're not putting out a good product and year after year, they're running their organization into the ground. Like, I think you have a right as a fan to, you know, say, hey, I'm not going to spend my money on this. So I, I struggle with it. I love how level-headed you are with the whole talk about loyalty versus commitment, things like that. Do you feel that growing up with your brother, obviously had some sort of an impact on you having more of that level-headed, more so type of mindset and not being overly emotional and always looking at it for what it is. Yeah. I mean, definitely seeing my brother's career and the different, you know, journeys that he went throughout his career, you know, being with what people forget because obviously his legacy is the Miami Dolphins, but he did spend some time with Washington and he did go to New York Jets for a year. And there was, there was some, you know, some twists and turns, uh, through that process. And then obviously, you know, watching him come up from, you know, a kid in Pittsburgh to then playing at Akron to going to Miami to retiring and, you know, moving into the next phase of his career after sports. And then of course, being an athlete myself, I think I have a 
a different perspective on sports, uh, a, a unique perspective because of that and a more personal perspective because of that. So when someone talks about, for example, I, I think going to a new place is a big adjustment because I don't think it's just like, okay, I've been traded or I've decided in free agency to go to a new position, a new place. We think it's just, it's all about just the plug and plays X's and O's, Mm -hmm. but these are human beings. There's a whole lot of change that goes into that. When you're traded, even if you go in free agency, whenever you leave to a new organization, you're dealing with new equipment, people, new cafeteria, people, a new drive into work. Uh, you got to find, you know, new masseuses. You have to find new physical therapists. You have to maybe move your chef with you. Your family has to find a new place. Your kids are adjusting to a new school. You have all of these things that are just new. And when you're in a position where you're comfortable year after year after year, you don't think about those other things. Yeah. So all of those little decisions are also distractions from greatness so some people can compartmentalize that really well some people can't you have a new coaching staff you have new teammates your locker rooms in a new place like there's so much new so it never surprises me when a player goes to a new place and doesn't have immediate success at the level that we expect them to because they're human beings and they're also adjusting to a lot of new stuff and that would make things there's an adjustment period to all of that as well with you being a former athlete and also now having nephews in the collegiate level, let's go ahead and keep it on football. And I'm pretty sure you've seen the reports coming out about Pat Fitzgerald for the Northwestern Wildcats. And obviously it started off with just a two week suspension. And now he's been fired from all of the hazing allegations, some of it being of the sexual nature, exploitation, just nudity and, and so forth and so forth. And after the investigation, there still has not been any evidence that he actually knew what was going on wink wink for you being a former athlete and now having nephews playing collegiate football where do you come out on that as far as the coach what what level of responsibility do you think the coach has as far as not knowing versus not wanting to know what's going on within his organization i think there's a level of organizational responsibility that you have, particularly at the collegiate level, to know what's going on in the locker room. And when you when you have a program for, you know, an extended period of time, the grace for that, for me, kind of starts to decline. If you're new somewhere, you don't know all the nuances of the place, and you're still going to meet the players, there's an adjustment period, like I was just talking about, you know, maybe I can understand you not knowing what's going on, but this is your program. You are in the locker room. You you can't have that type of separation to not know that those things are going on. And at the end of the day, somebody has to be responsible. It can't just be, oh, well, no one knew and no one's responsible. Like, Agreed. no, the people that did it, the, the pe- people who were doing the actions are responsible, but you are also responsible for young men you're also responsible for a program, for an organization. And because that is your responsibility, and it is a big one, you have to know not everything. You can't always know everything. But, I mean, I mean, you, you've, you've played sports. Mm-hmm. I've played sports. If you want to know what's going on, you know what's going on. Agreed. <laughs> 
Joy, one thing that I've always heard you mention it many times on TV, how you're like the petty queen, whether it's firing back at people on social media, what have you. So I know you saw everything come out last week with Kiki Palmer at the Usher concert with her, 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 her child's father and his tweet and everything like that. Give me your take or where that falls with you, that entire saga, how that plays out, your feelings on it. Well, you know, I love Kiki Palmer, as we all do. Yep. So we will protect her at all costs, as, as, I, as I think we're all clear on now <laughs> after, this, after this conversation. Um, I think, you know, there's, there's always layers to it for me. It's never like one reaction. You know, I feel for her because obviously we are all having conversations about her personal relationship, which is not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, he introduced that conversation publicly. Yeah. So anything that he's hearing, he you you put this on Twitter, like nobody just brought this up and created this conspiracy about how you felt about it. You made it very clear. I, I guess like, my opinion about their relationship doesn't matter. I can only personalize it that if I mean, God forbid i have obviously talked about this with my girlfriends because we have all had this conversation of like what what would i do i truly Uh don't know i think you would you would need to go and talk to their mother because they i mean i just i haven't really had many men talk to me about my clothing or what i wear um in my life it's just not i've just been blessed to not have a lot of those conversations Mm -hmm. But I will say at this point in my life, at my big age of 36, I have very strict boundaries and I couldn't imagine, I just couldn't, God forbid, I mean, God forbid it. I couldn't imagine having that conversation. It's just, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know. I wouldn't even know where to begin. We w- I would be single. I know that. That would be for sure. That'd be a for sure. Um, so we'd, ha- we'd, we'd start having the co-parenting conversation. Um, but yeah, it's, listen, don't, don't put your personal feelings on Twitter. Um, Agreed. It's just, it's just not, I don't even use Twitter anymore. To be honest with you, I have, I've moved over to threads. Threads. Yep. I have to, even, even before threads was a thing, I had cut back tremendously on Twitter. It just is not a place where there is good, healthy, nuanced dialogue anymore. And I just don't, I don't really have time for that level of negativity. And it's just, it's not even that it's negative. It's just not intelligent conversation and I'm busy. So it's just not a place where you want to introduce something like that. And it's Kiki Palmer. Don't do it. No, no, no. She can wear what the hell she wants. And she looks good. Yeah. And it's fun. And it's Vegas. Have you been to Vegas? Please. Hey man, everybody ain't been to uh, Sin City. She was conservative for Vegas. <laughs> Please, yeah. it's fine. It's all we're all going to be okay. It's just no. So I hope that explained my feelings, but <laughs> oh no, do it not does. Unsubscribe. <laughs> and, and like, and you, I love what you just said about creating boundaries, and that kind of leads me to my next question. You look at the situation with Jonah Hill and his ex girlfriend, and at what point does creating boundaries? get too much because you know obviously he tried to create boundaries with her and all of that at what point is creating boundaries now too restrictive and it's too much 
I guess maybe I'm not asking that in the right in the right format, but I feel like you uh, you, no, you grasp think, what I'm saying. I think there's a difference between boundaries and demands. Mm. So a boundary is something that I may have for myself. Like this is this is a personal boundary that I have. Um, I will not go through your phone. You are not permitted to go through my phone. Ooh, man, if I that, know them days. If that boundary is disrespected, then there's no need for us to be in a relationship anymore because I've made it very clear that this is my boundary. There's a reason for it. it didn't, I didn't just wake up and get to that point. And if you don't respect that boundary, we don't need to be together. We don't need to fight. I don't need to drag you. We don't need to have hostility. It's just, uh, uh, this is this is what makes me comfortable. And if you don't respect that, or you don't feel comfortable with that boundary, then we don't need to be together. But demanding something is completely different. So to me, that's when you're willing to fight with someone or put someone down or let it devolve into a really negative situation and conversation and call it a boundary. So I think there's, there's, those are two very different things. Boundaries are very healthy because not only do they outline what makes me feel comfortable, what makes you feel comfortable, what we define as a healthy relationship, what's going to make me happy, what will make you happy. And if something is not aligning, then we can have that conversation and maybe explain to each other, okay, well, I don't feel comfortable not being able to go through your phone if I want to. Okay, well, I feel like that's a violation of my privacy and I am an adult. And while I'm not doing anything to disrespect you, I don't feel comfortable with you reading all of my conversations that I have with my friends. Oh, I'm getting so flashbacks. <laughs> if you if you need that to feel healthy and safe in a relationship, I respect that. We just can't be together because I am not conceding that because that will not make me feel safe and comfortable. And I just think it's hard. Listen, I wasn't always having conversations like this, like <laughs> a lot of therapy and a lot of time, a lot of growing up. But to me, when you really want a healthy relationship that you know, you have good open dialogue. Sometimes you have to have uncomfortable conversations and they may not always end up with you guys staying together. Yeah. So to me, that's the difference between a boundary and, and something that's going too far. If you're demanding somebody respect your boundary, like you don't want to be with somebody who, you know, dresses uh, a certain way. Okay. So don't be with that person. The end. There's like billions of people on this planet. There's no reason for you to demand that someone caters to your boundary or your demands and if they don't then they're mistreating you like, like that's that's where it starts to get the words are getting crossed so that's that to me that's how i look at those at those situations and someone not i mean so i've had conversations with people like oh yeah that's not that's not a boundary i'm comfortable with i don't i don't want to live that way like well i i fully respect that i don't think that you're crazy or wrong if that's what's going to make you happy or make you comfortable I respect that. I'm just not doing it because I because I, I know that's not what I want. Mm, straight like that. I love what you said about uh, about being a product of therapy, because that's something that I believe, especially within society, it's it's not celebrated enough because I myself have been to therapy and I'm a product of it. And that's something I think that we all need, especially for former athletes, even athletes while they're playing. That's something that I think that a lot of people can benefit from making sure that your mental health is just as high as your physical health is. Uh, I'll go ahead and uh, just I got one more question for you. Justin Jefferson. Let's see his top five quarterbacks. 
And Kirk Cousins, his quarterback, was nowhere to be mentioned in that top five. Do you feel like Justin Jefferson, just for the morality of the team and just the the, the camaraderie, do you feel like he could have just thrown, you know, Kirk Cousins' name in there just a little bit? Or do you think that he's well within his right to give his opinion? It just so happened to be recorded in, in a, on video. Where I didn't see this. Where was this? This is uh this is about a day ago. Uh somebody asked him to list his top five quarterbacks. I think he mentioned Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, uh Jalen Hurts, and Joe Burrow. And there was no mention of Kirk Cousins in it. And, and it's already, you know, going viral or you know, people have seen it and are talking about it. So I just want to get your I mean, take on, on he's not wrong. I mean, he's not that's what I'm saying. He's not wrong. But just for like the type of interaction I mean, in the locker room coming up in training camp, like I think you gotta lie. I think we would all respect if you just, even if you threw Kirk at two, you know, if you did, if you did Pat at one and put Kirk at two and then went down, like we'd all understand. You're not gonna, we're not gonna be like, <laughs> wow, how edgy. You know what I mean? It's your quarterback, but yeah, I didn't. That's a uh, that's something. Hmm, it's interesting. I did not see that. Oh yeah, it happened. Uh, I think either yesterday or the day before, something like that. But <laughs> yeah, I've uh, yeah, I think I've been you, going I think back you and gotta, forth. You got to show your quarterback some love. Um, but he he he's not lying, so I respect that he's not lying. <laughs> he ain't lying. <laughs>